Million Dollar Agent, the podcast. We are back again, home stretch. Johnny, there is four weeks left to Christmas. Now, Tommy, I'm going to put a test to you. What episode number is this? Okay, so, Johnny, that is not a hard thing to do if I'm able to actually talk about a lot of other topics while I press the podcast button, go to Million Dollar Agent and come here and I still can't work this thing out and I'm going as far as saying I'm going to have a guess. It's probably around 600, John, 600. So I'd love to hear from anyone that has basically listened from podcast one. I would love, because I'd love to know if there's, any, if there's anyone silly enough or still alive to have listened to it for 600 episodes. And I would like to thank those people. But even those that just started listening last week, jokes aside, you and I were just talking before. Uh, we love this. It's fun. Uh, we like to address things in a topical fashion. We don't do a, we don't do a lot of preparation. Uh, but that's only and, and it's only a because we're lazy, but per, perhaps b because we actually like to deal with stuff that's happening as we speak. And I think this week's topic, Tommy, is kind of just that. You and I were just talking, and we both ran into Tommy McGlynn at the cafe early this morning about you know is the market changing. I mean, most parts of Australia, most of our listeners have been through one of the best bull markets in real estate we've seen in history, certainly in my history. And some people start to say, hey, you know, we, we had five auctions on the weekend, we passed three, and that's that's not what we're used to. So I thought, Tommy, maybe we could kick off, have a little bit of a reality check with the market, depending where that goes, you know, you have to do something different. And then I've got a, a little quote I want to share with you that I thought we might have our uh, gym members and listeners reflect on over the break. But, you know, what, what are your thoughts? You're out there auctioning every weekend. Yeah, so I agree, and I agree with something you said to, to Tom McGlynn this morning, which was A-grade properties are unaffected, and, in fact, you'll hear about them going for half a million over reserve in the media. They're still going gangbusters. I think, John, what's happened is depth of buyers in B-grade and C-grade properties has been a little bit diluted. And if the best way to describe it, John, it was like we were driving on a freeway at 160 k's an hour and we've gone to 120. Now, 120 is still a decent speed, but it's noticeable when you go from a red hot speed to a hot speed. And in some marketplaces, we're actually talking about a steady speed. But I think I'd love to, to pick your brains. You know, there is a possibility that if you haven't actually shifted with what's happening in the market, that come the 23rd of December, you're going to have a dozen listings that are listed, that aren't sold, that have got fatigue in them. You may have been passed in if it's an auction, if they're a private treaty, they just haven't transacted. Um, and I think, you know, one of the strategies, I, I think John is super, super critical, apart from being super close to the buyer and seller more than ever, because fear of missing out is no longer in the market in a lot of sectors. In fact, fear of overpaying or fear of interest rates or fear of APRA or fear of, you know, things are going to be cheaper, so I might as well just wait. What is it that an agent has got within their control at the moment to help something move forward? And, and I think the great strategy of relisting a property, because one of the issues, John, that you've got is that many of these properties that are on the market now or coming on the market had listing presentations in September or August. And at the time, um, there were different comparable sales. 
um, and there was a different feel about the market and there was a different buzz about certain parts of it. So I think a good thing to do is for an agent to say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, listen, what I'd love to do is sit down and pretend we know nothing and we were starting again. Let's look at the comparable sales of the last seven days and see what's actually going on. They may be affecting that property. They might not, John. I mean, it could be one of these properties that's got those five stars that's unaffected, but I think it does need the due diligence. Um, what do you think, and in your time, when you're in real estate and you would have seen in, listen, John, probably in the, those 40 years of real estate, you've probably seen- Five or six cycles. Five or six cycles? Yeah, what, what are the learnings when there's a bit of a change happening? I'm 100% agreeing with you. In fact, Tommy gave us a good little case study, of course, Bressick Whitney, one of the great real estate firms in Australia. And um, one of their top people is uh, McClay Longhurst, and he's very, very successful agent in Paddington. And, um, yeah, he was saying to Tom apparently recently, look, normally in the sort of, you know, two to $5 million range, there's three or four listings in Paddington. And I think he said there's 26 today. So I actually don't think there has at all been a drop-off in buyer demand and sentiment. I don't think that's the issue. I just think the reality is it's supply, in, a, in a world of supply and demand, when the supply goes from three or four to 26, that takes a bit of the sting out of the tail. So my view is, is the market getting softer? No. Uh, is there more to choose from? Yes. And, and our good friend, Tommy Johnny Hatch at VFX Signboards, great signboard company also, he just said he last week, he had his record week in the history of putting up signboards. And he and I go back, oh, God, 30 years, I reckon. So, you know, when you hear that that little case study from Tommy McGlynn, you hear, you know, Johnny Hatz saying this. And, of course, we've all had our own case studies and, and experience of it as well. This is a supply and demand thing. So n number one is I, I wouldn't be panicking. I don't think um, the market is shifting dramatically. I just think there's a lot more to choose from post-COVID. Um, and that's it. Number two, let's have a sense of appreciation. Australia, and now I was going to say, especially in the big cities, but it's now everywhere, Australia is still probably the best real estate market on the planet, even if and when things come back to, let's say, normalise. You know, what we do is we sell properties in normal times in sort of 32 to 42 days. Other parts of the world, they take, you know, like six months, 12 months, two years. So, I think we've just got to be realistic that things eventually will calm a bit more and maps even come back a bit. So what are the three things? That the answer to your question, so the three things we control that I think are really super relevant, price, presentation, marketing. And which of those is most relevant? Well, 90% is price. Presentation, yes, you, you do want to deal with any issues that <clears throat> could, be, could be causing buyer resistance for sure, and you want to make sure the place is always presented at its peak. Uh, marketing, yes, you've got to get the buyers through it, but nowadays with the big portals and you know and, and whatever, you know, would normally it's not that hard to find most of your best buyers in the market. So pricing, I 100% agree, Tommy. You've got to go out there and say to the vendor, you might need to do a reality check that the price for this property might have changed by 5 7 8%. So first thing is you've got to be across that and you need to be clear on what that is. Two is I would like you to get some data. Just saying to a vendor who's listed with you three weeks ago, hey, the market shifted, that, that could sound like a real estate tactic just to wear a vendor down. And I'm not saying it is, but I think if you know if you can provide some statistics on inquiries per, per open uh, on sale prices that are relevant to the client, 
give them some data because people will make decisions generally emotionally, but they want to justify them logically. Mm-hmm. So my, my view would be get up to speed um, and also be a bit objective. Sometimes it's very hard. People want to hang on, especially agents and vendors. They want to hang on to the thought that perhaps this property is worth $2 million, uh, a month ago, and maybe it's only worth 1.9195 today. Maybe it's come back that four or five percent. Um, and I just don't want to believe that, but that could be the reality. So get a bit objective. If you're a sales manager or principal, take go through every single listing with your agents and do a health check, sanity check, reality check with it. Because you know, you don't necessarily control pricing because vendors, you know, obviously have to make the final decision, but you have a damn good influence. If you sit there today in your office and don't connect with a vendor or have a face-to-face meeting and discuss price, the odds of them ringing you up and saying, hey, Tommy, I think we should reduce by 5%, like they're long odds that that's going to happen. Whereas you go and see them face-to-face, sometimes I'll say, look, let me think about it. Talk to my husband overnight, talk to my wife, and I'll come back to you tomorrow. We hear what you're saying. We do want to sell. We've bought elsewhere. Or we want to. We want to sell. So and, and you know the reality, Tom, as you, as you do know, absolutely something that's gone from one nine, sorry, from two million to one nine fifty today, was probably worth one six a year ago. Let's get real. So they are still probably in a position of extraordinary windfall compared to a year ago. So and Johnny, you know the thing the thing I said to an agent today, he was saying to me, mate, it's you know it's really hard. You've got a vendor that a month ago might have got an extra 100, 200 grand. And I just said to him, I want to remind you, if that vendor is in fact upgrading, they're probably actually in a better spot. And he goes, how's that? And I said, well, if they're upgrading, if it's gone down one or 200, chances are the one they're buying is gone down two to 300. So I said, don't feel for one moment that you've got a vendor that's losing out. If they're buying and selling in the same market, the changeover figure is probably better for an upgrader. Spot on. And and let's face it, most people we are dealing with are generally upgrading. That's that's commonplace unless it's an empty nest or a downsizer and so forth. So at a practical level, because I know you and I love being practical with your gym members and our listeners to MBA podcast, um, reality check. Let, let's make sure, get some objectivity, you know, have someone challenge you. If you can't challenge yourself, ideally get someone to challenge you around. Let's just have a look at the pricing, the inquiries we're getting compared to a month ago. What else is on the market? What else has sold in the last week? Uh, and then also look at the other things. Do we need to boost the marketing? Do we need a social media boost? Do we need to get it back up the top of REA in domain? Um, anyway, so th- they're the things I'd be doing. Try and try and get in front of the vendor. Don't wait till Christmas Eve. Get in front of the vendor now because we still have the best part of a month to sell um, and to sell confidently. But if you wait too much longer, people say, oh, let's just wait till next year. And, and who knows? Maybe the market sort of even tightens up a bit more over Christmas. But that would be it. Back it up with data. Um, we used to, John, I used to, when I was in real estate, we used to play, I got it out of the TV. There was a there was a TV show, I don't know if you remember, it was called Guess the Price is Right. You'd have to guess the price of something. And one day I had a vendor in a changing market and they were a bit overpriced and I put him in the car and we went, it was really interesting, we went for a drive and I said to him, that's just sold. What do you think that's sold for? He said, oh, 400? No, I said it's sold for 350. Let's go to the next one. Guess the price. There's something powerful about seeing is believing, you know, and... Yeah. There's this emotional contagion that 
you know, when you're there, eyeball to eyeball, there's this energy that is felt between two people that I don't think you'll necessarily get in trying to get a price alignment or have a crucial conversation with someone unless you are doing it by face-to-face or at least Zoom. Before we leave today, John, you started off offline with a wonderful quote. I think it summarises real estate, right? It summarises the fact that you've got to be someone to get something. Can you read out the quote and share it with our listeners? Yeah, so the quote is, sometimes you've got to kill the person you are to become the person that you want to be. So I'll say it again. Sometimes you've got to kill the person you are to become the person you want to be. And I apologise if someone thinks it sounds a bit graphic, but what does it mean? It means that what got us here today to our current reality, to where we are in life, in in our health reality, our relationship reality, our financial reality, our real estate reality, which is what we speak most about, is a certain set of habits, actions, personality traits, and so forth. Here's the deal. You weren't born with those. You developed them, you picked them up, you inherited them sometimes by osmosis. You don't have to retain the same ones forever. You can choose the best version of yourself on any given day. So what I would love everyone to do, and maybe we can even talk a bit more next week or one of the the last few before Christmas, I'd love everyone to do an absolutely brutal review of themselves. And again, if you have the ability to tap into someone, a coach, a mentor, a peer partner, a principal, anyone, probably best not spouse, but but generally anyone that you trust and, and can give you a good perspective, just say, what do you think of my three to five top strengths? What, what do you think of my magic powers that you think have helped me get to be somewhat successful? And then say, and what do you think of the three to five things that might be holding me back? And I want you to be really honest here. Tell me, what do you think they might be? And most people will be resistant to, to say the second one. <laughs> Some people will delight in saying the second one, but a lot of people will be a bit resistant. And then, But you should also have a pretty good, hopefully, a self-awareness about yourself. Uh, Some people, you know, that I know, they just get incredibly angry and that just doesn't work for in a whole range of different relationships. Some people are just secretly afraid of rejection and until you really dig it out of them, they don't want to admit it. They think it's a weak trait. They think that, believe me, 90% of people have some degree of fear of core reluctance and rejection and failure. But Getting over it or at least moving past it is the key to unlocking, I think, two to five times your current reality or current results. So if you can actually say, you know, um, I was talking to a friend the other day, we know that 6% of the community are going to sell next year. Out of every 100 homes in every street, there's six of them that statistics say will sell next year. We don't know which six, but reality is you're going to, if you're going to ring the neighbourhood, you've got to get 94 no's before you're going to find the six. So unless you embrace the no's, unless you feel comfortable with the no, unless you're prepared to endure the no's, you're never going to find the yeses. So I think, you know, maybe next week or the week after, but I'd love to sort of... I love that topic, John. I I just think the timing of this topic, I mean, the truth is the person that walks into 2022 can be a totally different person than the person that walked out of 2021 if they actually sit down and they don't sort of become, um, I'm just trying to think of the word, a word of, uh, they're not afraid to embrace some brutal truths that come and you turn around, example what you just said there, you've got to be a person that's got to be more Teflon than Velcro with rejection. 
So so maybe one of the skill sets you've got to change, you've got to be a person that doesn't personalise rejection but realise that it's probably part of the game to win. And just some basics, Tommy, and we won't go too deep in it because I want to get you to Bikram Yoga because you're looking fantastic. Some just just some of the basics, you know. Um, you know, we talked about core reluctance, fear of rejection. Um, listing presentation, or let's call it elevator pitch. If I said to you, Tommy, just give me the real reason I should hire you to sell my property above everyone else. Most agents I ask that can't come up with a good answer. Some of them say, Oh, you know, we got 500 offices in the network. Well. So what, man? Someone else has got a thousand, and a good guy down the road's got one. So, what, well, what is business? For, we've been business for two hundred years. Like, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what do we do? You know. So you've got to be reinventing something that's compelling. And in an age and a time where we get bombarded with messages, sales pitches, text messages, emails, you know, everything, social media, every day, you get a very limited time in someone's mind and their bandwidth to be actually able to put your best foot forward, whether it's a listing or anything else. So I'd love to sort of unpack that a little bit more, but I don't want to keep you from Bikram. As I said, you're looking amazing. So you go and get hot and get flexible. And uh, next week, we look forward to maybe unpacking this a bit more if you're happy to do that. Johnny McGrath, thank you so much. See you next week, everyone. Have a good week. Remember, Christmas starts on the 25th of December, not the 25th of November. (laughs) See See you later.